Welcome to the next message from Encounter Church. For more information about our church, visit us online at EncounterPGH.com. Thanks for listening, and enjoy the message. All right, good morning, everybody. How is everyone doing today? Fantastic. It's great to see all of your smiling faces. My name is Jared. I am the lead pastor here, and it is just wonderful to see you all on this actually beautiful Pittsburgh day. It's so nice to actually have some nice weather, to not have snow on the ground anymore. Although, I think I was talking to somebody this week, and they said uh, that, that they, they feel like there's going to be one more. And I was like, no, I was praying against that. I don't want any more, any more snow. Uh, well, today we are wrapping up our uh, Born Identity series, message series that we started this month. The Born Identity has really been all about um, how when we are reborn in Christ, there was this passage of scripture where this man named Nicodemus came to Jesus and said, and was telling him about how he really liked what Jesus was doing and saw that he was from God. And Jesus stopped him in his tracks and said, in order for you to be, to experience the kingdom of God, to inherit what God has for you, you need to be born again. And so we, this whole month, we've been talking about what that means to be born again, what our life is like when we have this new beginning. And so we talked in week one about how we have a new identity. When we are reborn in Christ, the Bible has all sorts of passages of scripture that tell us that we are no longer the person we were, we're no longer held by sin, but now we are free and that we're called a child of God, that we, are, we have boldness, we have authority, we have power, we have forgiveness, we're not condemned, all sorts of things. These are who we are now. We're no longer held by our past. We have a new identity. Last Last week, we talked about how in addition to a new identity, when we're reborn in Christ, we're also inherited a new network, this new kingdom of God that we've been granted access into. We're a part of the the family of God, the kingdom of God, and that gives us access to relationships and to resources in the kingdom and influence, and it changes our lives and where we can be used and have a responsibility to be able to help other people know what we have experienced. So not only do we have a new identity in Christ when we're reborn, we also have a new network, the kingdom of God, this family that we're a part of of all over the world. And now today we're going to examine one final element of the reborn lifestyle, and that is the new look, which is that we're going to talk about healing today, that there is access to our body's healing, that we have actually been promised physical healing for our bodies today as well as in the future. And so we have a new identity in Christ, a new network in the kingdom of God, and now a new look when we are healed by his power. And so we're going to talk about that today. Several years ago, I was a youth pastor at a church in Milford, Ohio, at a church called the Vineyard Church. And one night, and some of you have heard this story before, one night on a Wednesday evening, I believe it was, we were having a... um, uh, a prayer a prayer service where we had someone come in from the outside and they were going to be praying for individuals. And uh, this particular guy just felt like at that moment that there were individuals who maybe needed, who were dealing with sickness or disease or some kind of disability and was saying, uh, if there's anyone here who would like prayer for, for some disease and wants, just, wants to pray for God to heal them, then come up on stage. I will never forget this. I was sitting in the back at a sound booth. I was running sound at the time. And this girl walks up onto stage who was dead. She couldn't hear anything. I don't know how long that had been. I don't know if it was forever. I don't know if she was born that way or if it was a degenerative disease that took her hearing away. But uh, it was clear she couldn't hear anything. I, I think there was sign language that night or something. So somehow she knew what was happening. She comes up onto the stage and this man just starts praying for her. He stands behind her 
and begins to pray, pray over her and just prays in the name of Jesus. It wasn't anything special. There was no like Harry Potter spell that he prayed over her. It was literally just, he just put her hand, his hands on her shoulders and she closed her eyes and he just prayed in the name of Jesus, would you be healed? God, I pray you open her ears. Just whatever, right? Just a regular English prayer. It wasn't anything crazy. And then, and then he said, amen. And her, hand, her head is still crying because she, she can't hear him. So she doesn't know that he's done. And then he just tests it. This is what was crazy to me. And he says, amen. And we're all watching. And he claps his hands and snaps his fingers. And you, I just saw her face light up because she heard something for the first time. And I don't know in how long or if it was the first time in her life. But the power of God reached into this young girl's life and opened her ears to be able to hear for the first time. And I, and I remember sitting there back at the sound booth you know, just checking volumes, making sure everything was right. And I just remember sitting there looking there, and I saw the look on her face, and I will never, ever, ever forget that look because that's the look of someone who authentically had the power of God touch their life, and they were able to be healed in that moment. Now, I tell you this story because I have seen the power of God heal people on earth in the present day. I mean, we read in the Bible we, we read the book of Acts, and we see all throughout Scripture when Jesus was walking, Jesus healed everywhere he went. Everywhere he went, he was touching somebody, he was healing them, they were, their sicknesses were being canceled out. We see the same thing in the book of Acts, we see the same thing in the apostles. There was healing taking place all the time. And I think, and depending on where you grew up in your church life, if you grew up in a church, this is something that is maybe uh, feels a little bit strange or you're not sure what you think about it, but I can tell you, I have literally seen God heal people physically in our present day. But here's the thing, is that sometimes we pray for people and people are not healed, right? Like we'll say, you know, oh, well, you're sick. Well, let's pray for you and you have a cold. And so we pray, Jesus, I pray that you would just take this cold away from so-and-so in the name of Jesus, amen. And the next day they're still sneezing and snotting around and, and it's all gross, right? So sometimes they don't get healed. So why is it that when we pray for people, sometimes they are healed and other times they're not healed? I mean, all of us have, have, I think, felt the pain of a loved one. Every one of us in this room has probably at some time experienced the pain of a loved one who is suffering through something, whether it be a temporary sickness or whether it be a disease like cancer or a disability or an accident that takes place and now they're suffering. I think, I think everyone in the room, at least most of us in the room, understand that pain and the desire for someone to get better. And many of, many of us have even prayed in faith that they would be healed. And sometimes when we've prayed for people, they have gotten healed. But other times when we prayed, they haven't. Why? Why is it that, that sometimes people are healed and others aren't? Why is it that there are festivals that are taking place all over the world? We're connected with an organization called Mission SOS. Most of you guys know Samuel Strandberg that we bring into church, and he pre- preaches here a couple times a year. Samuel's an awesome guy, and he's connected to a, an organization called Mission SOS. And one of their primary things that they do is they go to places around the world where there are unreached populations. These are people who have never heard the name of Jesus. Like most people in America at least know the name of Jesus, even if they use it as a curse word, right? But, but, but in America, most people know, have at least heard of it, even if they haven't gone to church. But there are parts of the world, countries, where they've never even heard it. So they set up these festivals called Signs and Wonders Festivals, and they preach the gospel of Jesus to thousands and thousands of people who come out in places like India or Bangladesh or in Africa. And I'm telling you, 
miracles take place there like you have never seen. I mean, seriously, literally limbs regrowing, blind eyes being opened, ears, deaf ears being opened, like disabilities being healed, all sorts of crazy, miraculous things happening and on video, okay? But why does it happen there but not here? This is the question. This is the, the issue that we, that we deal with. And it's hard for us to understand. But when we find Jesus, here's where we're going to kind of go today. When we find Jesus, when we are born again into new life, I want you to understand that the Bible says that we are promised healing for our bodies. We are promised healing for our bodies. So how does it work? How come some people are healed and other people aren't? Well, today we're going to try to go through this. We're going to walk through it a little bit and understand our reborn identity, our reborn network, our reborn look that we are promised healing in one way or another. But before we do, there are a couple of things I think we need to understand. First, God is the source of healing. Number one is this. This is the thing that we need to understand is that God is the source of all healing. Yes, there are doctors. Yes, there are medicines. Yes, there are plants. Yes, there are uh, holistic uh, therapies and all these types of things. But Romans 13 points out that the authorities that are in our life, the government, that, that the God places them there. So what we need to understand is that all healing comes from God. Why? Because all of it was created by him. So God created the universe. He created the order of things, the physics that scientists understand, the laws of nature. All of those are from him. So when we think about, when, we, when a scientist or a doctor prescribes a medicine, the knowledge, the ability to understand that healing comes from the creator of it in the first place. And this is what God even says about himself in Exodus chapter 15, verse 26. He said, if you listen carefully to the voice of the Lord your God and do what is right in his sight, obeying his commands and keeping all his decrees, then I will not make you suffer any of the diseases I sent on the Egyptians. For why? For I am the Lord who heals you. Right here, God puts it out in front of everyone. He says, I'm the one who heals you. Yes, doctors have medicine. Yes, there are prescription drugs. Yes, there are all of these different things, exercise and good health and eating better. All of those things are healthy for you. But our healing comes from God. All of it comes from him. The second thing we need to understand is this, is that Jesus embodies the healing power of God. Jesus embodies the healing power of God. Isaiah chapter 53 is a famous passage of scripture that was talking about the Messiah. We know, most of us know, that the Jewish people were waiting like in bated breath for the Savior to come. They were waiting for it. And that's why they were so interested in who Jesus was because he claimed to be that man. So this passage of scripture was known by them and known by, by all of the, the people of that time as a passage that was a prophecy that was saying this is what the Messiah would be like. And Isaiah 53, verses 2 through 5 says this, Yet it was our weakness that he carried. It was our sorrows that weighed him down. And we thought that his troubles were a punishment from God, a punishment for our own sins, for his own sins. But he was, this is Jesus now, pierced for our rebellion. He was crushed for our sins. He was beaten so that we could be whole. And he was whipped so we could be healed. But then in Matthew chapter 8, verses 16 and 17, this is Jesus now on the scene. This is what it says. That evening, many demon-possessed people were brought to Jesus. He cast out the evil spirits with a simple command, and he healed all the sick. And I love this, verse 17. This fulfilled the word of the Lord through the prophet Isaiah that we just read, who said, he took our sicknesses and he removed our diseases. So we see right here that early in the Bible, in Exodus, God says, I am the one who heals you. 
And then Jesus comes onto the scene and reflects back to Isaiah where God says that my chosen one, my savior, the one that I will send will be the healer. Jesus is the embodiment of God's healing power. Now, why is that important? Why is that important? Because all, all month long, we've been talking about this reborn idea, right? This concept that when we become born again in Christ, that we have access to God's power. Well, the same is true in this concept of healing. And this is the big idea for the day. If you're taking notes, pull out your program, write this down. It's also on the screen. When I am reborn in Christ, I have access to God's healing power. Because we are now reborn in Christ, and because Jesus is the embodiment of the power of God, because I'm in Christ, I now have access to his healing power in my life. The healing power of God is available for every single Christian through Jesus. Healing has been provided through the cross. It talks about he was whipped so that we could be healed. He was crushed so that we could be made whole. That means all sickness. That means all disease. That means all death has been overcome by Jesus. And because of that, physical healing is made available to us today. And this is why we pray for people to get better. Because we have access to that, and we're not just hoping for something. There's no magical spell. What we're doing when we pray is we're trying to tap into the power that is available through Christ and to give it to other people. When I am reborn in Christ, I have access to God's healing power. Now, there are a few things that I think we need to kind of go over or discuss about this because you're like, okay, I get it. I understand now the theological background for how it is that healing is available, but I still don't understand why when I pray for people, sometimes they don't get better. I don't understand why when my loved one has cancer and we pray and we call prayer meetings and we pray for people at church and we lay hands on them and we pray for them and, and we, we hope and we fast and we pray and that person still passes away. I don't understand it. Why? Well, I'm going to try my best to try to, to try to help us understand it because some things we just don't understand because I'm not God and we can't fully understand it. But here's what I do understand about what God's word teaches us. And this is the first thing that about understanding God's healing. Is that there's this concept of what we're calling the already but not yet. Already but not yet. What this means is that, is that some things exist but they're not fully realized yet. The kingdom of God that we talked about last week and the influence of it in our lives but also in our world is not fully realized in our universe, in our world right now. We recognize it because there are still people beating each other up. There are still people taking advantage of other people. There are still people who are left in poverty. There are still people who are hungry. There are still people all around us, even within our own families, that we still have struggles with. And yet we also see that in our lives, that this beautiful family that we have created here, that this connection that we have with other believers all over the world, that God is doing wonderful things. Every person who is in this room right now is a representation of God's love connecting with them and pulling them to a place of something new, right? So God's kingdom, his goodness, his power, his influence has expanded into our lives, and yet it is not fully realized because there are still some whose influence has not, has not reached yet. Now, we understand this, right? 
Other examples of this, maybe some of you have graduated from school, but you haven't walked yet. You ever heard of that? People graduate in maybe the, the, the winter semester. They finish their classes. They are done. The school says, you are finished. You can go get a job. You can even put on your resume that you have graduated. You just have to say that you're walking at this point, right? And then six months later, summer comes along, and what do you do? You then go through the ceremony, and you walk across the stage with your cap and your gown, and you get your diploma. You see what I'm talking about? You had graduated already but you still haven't been fully realized into that space yet. Another example of this was in World War II. This was so interesting to me when I found this out. The war had ended. So we had V-Day and V-E-Day, and, and when the war was officially ended, the Axis powers had surrendered uh, both in Europe but also in the Pacific. So the Japanese had, had, uh, had surrendered. The war was done. They had signed the papers. Everything, everything was finished. But I was interested to find out that Japanese soldiers some of the Japanese soldiers actually kept fighting even up to decades later. Did you know that? Decades later, there were Japanese soldiers who were hiding in the hills of some of the islands that they were at, and they didn't realize that the war had ended yet. So, so they, the war had been over. It was declared. It was done. But the influence of the treaty that had taken place had not extended into their life yet fully so that they're still, when they came across people, they're still shooting at people on the island even though the war had been over for some people even up to decades. It's incredible. There's another example of this being, being this already but not yet concept. Another one is a seed. When you plant a seed in the ground, sometimes you don't see that seed for even for months until it sprouts up, Right? But it is there, it's just not fully realized yet. The seed is planted in the ground, and maybe it's even sprouting and budding, but it's not the full plant. These are all ideas of this. And Jesus even said it too in Mark chapter 4, verses 26 to 29. And I think it'll help us understand this idea of healing in the kingdom of God and the concept of already but not yet. Jesus said this, The kingdom of God is like a farmer who scatters seed on the ground. Night and day, while he's asleep or awake, The seed sprouts and it grows, but he does not understand how it happens. The earth produces the crops on its own. First, a leaf blade pushes through. Then the heads of wheat are formed. And finally, the grain ripens. And as soon as the grain is ready, the farmer comes and harvests it with a sickle, for the harvest time has come. What Jesus was showing here was that the kingdom of God is both a present reality and a future fulfillment. So this kind of helps us to understand this idea of sometimes I pray for people and things don't happen because we still live in a world where God's ultimate authority isn't fully realized on this planet. I think that's the reason why Jesus prayed in the the Lord's Prayer, your kingdom come, your will be done where? On earth as it is in heaven. So Jesus recognized that all of authority that God had was in heaven that it was fully realized there. We know, we talk about it. Oh, heaven's a wonderful place. One day we're going to go and see our, see our loved ones that were lost there because, and there, there's no more pain there. Thank God that grandma's in heaven, right? We talk about this because we know that, that, that God's realm, his supernatural realm, is perfect. There's healing there. There's no more pain there. There's no suffering there, right? We know that. But also down here we go, this is definitely not heaven. It's probably a lot more like hell than it is like heaven, Right? And so Jesus says, he says, would your will be done here as it is there? So he's even talking about this concept of how that that we need to understand that there is the already of the kingdom, but the not yet of it. The concept of praying then is what we're doing is we're praying for what is not yet happened. 
but we're praying for it to be fully realized and to break into our current reality. So that's what we're doing. We talked about this in January. This is the concept in our Praying with Confidence series, is that when we pray, what we're saying is, God, I believe in faith that through Jesus, you have given us access to your power. You've given us access to your healing power. And so I'm asking for your perfection to come from heaven into my planet, into my reality, and so that people would be healed, but then also so that your kingdom can expand so that more people can see it. And this is why, in the book of Acts, you saw miracles take place constantly. This is also why I believe why in countries like Africa or places like India or Bangladesh where these signs and wonders festivals are happening, why there are so many miracles there. It's because in the Bible what we see is the most power and authority in miraculous signs and wonders took place. It was because it was proof of the message of the gospel being preached. So they were taking this message of Jesus. Hey, you Hindu person who's never heard the name of Jesus, let me tell you about Jesus. And they go, well, how do I know that Jesus is any different than the thousands of gods that I worship? Well, let me tell you how, because the power of God lives inside of me. This man was raised from the dead, and now he's going to heal your blind sight, your blind eyes. Boom, you're healed. Now what happens to that person? Oh, my gosh, I've never seen any of my thousands of Hindu gods do this. This man named Jesus must be for real. You understand, this is the concept of the signs and the wonders festivals. This is the concept of the book of Acts. So the power of God is breaking into reality to prove and validate that God's message is true. But now here in America, everybody knows the message of Jesus. They just don't want it. They just don't think that they need it. So there is that element that when we pray for people, now we're asking God to do something different. We're asking him not to prove him his, his message is true. We're asking him to do what he promised to do, to find the healing through the cross. But sometimes we have to wait because we live in a world where his influence is not perfected yet. And when we pray for healing, we are praying for God's reality of health and his restoration that already exists in heaven to break into our current reality where it doesn't right now, while we wait for the return of Jesus. This is the concept of the already and the not yet. Now, how the heck am I supposed to proceed? I think that's probably the next question. People are like, well, okay, so what do I do with that now? I mean, I I don't really know what I'm supposed to be doing. I don't really, am I supposed to pray for people? Does it matter? Like, can God just do whatever he wants? So I have two final thoughts about about this idea of the reborn reborn look that we have, this new promise. Because I said in the beginning, that we have a promise, that the Bible promises that we will have healing for our bodies. But how does that happen? Because I know that I've seen people not be healed physically. Here's why. The first thing is this. Proceed this way. Pray in the present. Pray in the present. In the book of James, chapter 5, verses 14 and 16, we're actually commanded to pray for people. It says, are any of you sick? You should call for the elders of the church to come and pray over you, anointing you with oil in the name of the Lord. Such a prayer offered in faith will what? Heal the sick. And who does it? The Lord will make you well. And if you have committed any sins, you will be forgiven. Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. We have present access to God's healing power now. So even though we might not see that power activated supernaturally the way that we think, we're still commanded to do it. 
And even though there are some people who, for whatever reason, God chooses to use them with what's more of a gift of healing, and I'm not, so, so hear me, guys. Like, I know that there are people out there who it seems like they abuse that, and they've got TV shows, and it's kind of weird and, and strange on some of those te- television networks where, you know, people, like, you pay for admission, you come in, and you get a healing. Like, I'm not talking about that. What we're talking about is everyday Christians, when you've got a problem or somebody is sick, you don't say, oh, man, I wish there was something I could do for you. No, you say, well, let's pray about that. And you just say, can we pray? Great, let's pray. You close your eyes. I don't know. The Bible literally says to put your hands, like to, to lay your hands on them. You don't have to. I think that's just there's a sign that that was a cultural thing. But I think it's also cool because you connect with your, with your brother or your sister. So I said, you know, put my hand on your shoulder, and I say, God, In the name of Jesus. Why are we praying in the name of Jesus, by the way? It's because he's the one who made it possible on the cross, right? That's what it said. So when we say, in the name of Jesus, what we're basically saying is, I have zero ability to do anything. I can't heal you. I can't even give you a prescription drug. I can't do any of those things. So what I'm doing is I'm saying, God... Because of your son Jesus and what he made available, I'm now asking you to give me that power to put it through me into this person so that their sickness is healed. Amen. And what it is is it's a prayer of faith. Your faith is what's tapping into the power. It's not a certain set of words. It's not even a repetition. You don't have to do it six times. You don't have to wave your hand in the air. You don't have to have a certain hand that does it. What you're doing is it's your faith. When you say, I believe God's word is true, and that because he was whipped, I am healed, I'm now going to pray for my sister who is, has a cold, and I'm going to say, in the name of Jesus who was whipped, is what I'm, I'm not, maybe not literally saying that, but that's what I'm doing. My faith is saying that because he was whipped, and because he was, his healing is available through me, I'm believing, God, that you can do this. That's what a prayer is. You're activating your faith to connect with what God said he can do in someone's life. So we are commanded to pray in the present. It's not our job to determine whether or not somebody gets healed or not. And it's certainly not our responsibility to have to stand up for God when something doesn't happen. Our job is to do what it says, and that is to pray in the present and believe that God can and will do miracles. I will say that it's pretty awesome when you pray that way. In our life group last year, one of our life group members, we got a text right in the middle of, the, of the, the life group saying that her dad's coworker had collapsed at work. And I believe, if I, if I recall correctly, it had something to do with his heart, and he was actually out unconscious for a while. His brain didn't get, didn't get oxygen, and he was, uh, like, was brain dead for, for, for a period of time, and they were worried that he wasn't going to recover. And we just stopped. And I remember as a life group, we said, okay, well... God can do something about it. And we prayed, and we just believed. We, again, no fancy words. And we just said, God, would you, just, would you heal? Would you do what you said you can do? We believe it. Would you just do that in the name of Jesus? Amen. And the next day, we got a praise report that he'd woken up and miraculously had, had just had, had recovered, you know, as if nothing had happened. He was, like, out of the hospital and was, was going home, and things were back to normal. Like, that's incredible, I mean, if we had done nothing, would that have happened? Maybe. I don't know. But I know that we prayed in faith, and God did something. So praying in the present matters. But here's the deal. Sometimes we still can't get away from this idea of that sometimes I will pray for someone in the present, in obedience, in faith, and they don't get healed. I remember a year or so ago, a member of our own church, Faith Dinkfeld, 
had cancer and was battling it for years. And as a church, I, I know for a fact we stood with her. We prayed with her. Every, every single week at Life Group, she attended our Life Group, we'd pray for her. You know, we were believing up to the moment that she passed away that God was going to heal her supernaturally of that, of that disease. Many of you who are in this room know new faith personally, and you know that, you know. And so we hear this, pray in the present because God can heal. But there's a sting that comes with it that says, but, but I did, and he didn't. But here's the good news. We are still promised healing in our bodies. What? How does that work? The last piece of this is this. Look forward to the future. Look forward to the future. Know that we will all receive our complete healing one way or the other, in this life or the next. We are promised new bodies, free from pain, free from suffering. And this is why the resurrection of Jesus Christ is so important. Because a lot of people focus on the death of Jesus. His death covers my sin. It provides forgiveness. And that's true. But you would still be dead. There is no chance for anyone to be able to to have new life even after this physical life ends if Jesus didn't resurrect and defeat death. You follow me on this? This is very important for us to understand this. The resurrection of Jesus the supernatural ability of a dead man to rise from the grave and conquer death is what allows us to have this promise be true for us. That even if I die of cancer after praying, that God's healing power still reaches deep into the grave and resurrects each one of us with a new body where we are free from pain and suffering. So faith is no longer suffering. She now has a new body She is resurrected in heaven with a new spiritual body that is free from pain, free from suffering. Your grandmother, your father, your mom, your sister, your your friends, your coworkers, your cousins. Anybody who has suffered that we talked about, every one of us has felt that pain at some point or another and has gone that place, now has a new beginning even after. So God's promises are true. And it's hard for us to understand this because in our finite minds we go, but God didn't heal her. But we're only talking about a 70-year period of time in all of eternity. God steps outside of that and goes, I understand that your brain can't understand this. That's how I feel like with my kids sometimes. Like, I understand you don't understand why, why you're not allowed to, to walk around the block in the dark. Like, you don't understand this, but as a dad, I get it. I understand what I'm trying to teach you and help you to understand. I feel like God looks at us the same way when we complain that he doesn't heal somebody in our lifetime, in our physical lifetime, because they're not separate. We look at it and we say that, oh, well, I'm on this earth now, and then I begin a second life. What God was saying, what Jesus was saying is he was always talking about the age to come. He wasn't saying, like, you're going to die and you get to start over. What he's saying is, is is that you will be transformed into a new body. So your existence, who you are, doesn't cease to exist. So what he's saying is is that even though you were not technically healed physically in the 70 or 80 year span, when you die in Christ, you are immediately restored and whatever it was that destroyed your physical body can no longer touch you anymore because you're healed in that. That's powerful to understand. So even though though we, we see our mortal bodies now, And we suffer and we feel pain and we have cuts and we have bruises. And sometimes the power of God, the kingdom of God, the influence and the power of God breaks into our reality. 
And it does do supernatural things. And it's not just talking about physical healing. The power of God breaks into our lives in all sorts of areas. Financially, just yesterday this happened to us. Our car broke down while we were at a rental agency trying to get our our car for a trip I'm taking this week. And our battery died. And I was like, what are we going to do? This battery's going to cost $180. We couldn't even get to the shop. Our car wouldn't be jumped. God sends us this lady who just happened to see us in another parking lot away, brings over this big rig thing to, to get our truck going. We finally make our way over to Advance Auto Parts, and I'm talking to the guy, and he says, yeah, it's going to be about $180, which we don't have. And I said, well, I think we, we bought this a couple years ago. And he said, well, we can't do your warranty here because you didn't buy it at this shop. And I'm just like, couldn't this day get any worse? That's how I felt. And God shows up. And the guy somehow says, you know what? Let me see if I can work this out for you. He looked at the battery, had a sticker on it that said that there was a certain date. And supernaturally, he just, I don't know, he just spoke to the guy. I don't know how it happened, but the guy changed his mind. In one moment, he's like, sorry, man, there's really nothing I can do for you. In the next moment, he's literally ringing up like this transaction that I didn't have proof for and gave me a free battery. Like he replaced my battery out and I still have five months left on the new battery with the warranty. Like, how does that happen? It happens because occasionally, sometimes, I don't know how frequently, there's no like equation to it. The power of God, the reality of what is in heaven, the ability to do whatever he wants, breaks into our reality space and does the supernatural. The kingdom expands or influences in our reality. But sometimes we have to wait. And the good news is, is that all of this is already done. How do I know that? Revelation 21, 1 through 5. We're going to wrap up here with this. It says, then I saw a new heaven. In a new earth, for the old heaven and the old earth had disappeared. And the sea was also gone. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven like a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud shout from the throne saying, Look, God's home is now among his people. He will live with them. And they will be his people. God himself will be with them. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. And there will be no more death. There will be no more sorrow or crying or pain. All of these things are gone forever. I want you to stop there for a second. This is a decree. This is not like a hope. This is not at the end of Titanic where that guy is, the the ship is sinking and they're like, they're quoting this verse. But the reason they were quoting this verse is because it is a future hope, right? So the point of this this segment of this message is look forward to the future. Why? Because God himself decrees that he will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death. There will be no more sorrow or crying or pain. And you can add disease or sickness or financial suffering or loneliness or worry or whatever it is. And the one sitting on the throne said, look. I am making everything new. This is hard for us to understand, I think, sometimes, because because I desperately want my friend to be healed. I desperately want my grandmother to get better. I want my coworker to get better. I want this pain that I've got, or whatever it is, to stop. I want my situation to change. But the kingdom of God is here, but it's already, we're also waiting for its final fulfillment. One day Jesus is going to return and he's going to make all things new. And in the present, all we can do is, is live in the kingdom as if we believe that his kingdom is already here. That means praying in faith for each other. That means believing in your life now for what God promises in scripture. But when things don't happen, 
the way that you want them to or you feel like they should or even it seems like it's promised in Scripture, you have to look forward to the future to know that even if nothing happens, even if God doesn't do a single supernatural or miraculous thing in your life until the day you die, that you know that the next thing you're going to see after you die is the miracle of making you perfect and new again. So in the end, it doesn't matter because one way or the other, that promise of our bodies being healed will happen. Whether it happens in our physical body or when this physical body ends and our being continues into the rest of eternity with him as a spiritual entity. And that sounds weird. It sounds new agey. But that's what we're talking about, right? That's what eternal life is. And the beauty of this is that we will find healing. And I feel like if Faith were, were to talk to us today, what would she say? She said, don't cry for me. I think she would say, don't cry for me because I am in the best shape of my life. That's what she'd say. My grandfather passed away from cancer and he suffered at the end and I saw him and I wept over what I, I, I was so overtaken when I saw him in his room before he passed away. Just so withered, you know? This is what it's like with disease. But I know that if he knew Jesus, that he finds healing immediately in an eye, the blinking of an eye. Just as easily as God does that, sometimes in other places like Africa, and he even does it here. He did it with that girl with her ears. Just like, just in a moment, her ears opened up. But that's the same healing. It's not a different healing. It's the same healing that takes place for someone who passes away in their physical body. And then they receive that same supernatural healing. Why does it happen one or another? I don't have that answer. And that's something that maybe one day when all things are done, when this whole thing is finished, when, when, when we are all now graduated and we have uh, walked across the stage and received our eternal life diplomas, when that happens, we could maybe one day sit there and we're having a backyard basketball game with Jesus and we say, hey, Jesus, why, why is it that it took so long for my grandma to get healed? Maybe he'll give me an answer. But for now, all we have is faith that we will be healed one way or the other. What does that mean for you? What does that mean for me? Our challenge today is this, is to live expectantly for God's healing power, both in the present and for the future. Live expectantly. This all builds off of, it, of itself. The first message of this, this message series was about identity. We have to know who we are. We have to know what God's word says about who we are. When we are reborn in Christ, we are new. We are not condemned. We are free. We are not held captive any longer. We learn that, that we are also have people, we have friends, we've got resources and relationships that God has given us to each one of us to help us live this life. And I love that, that even though we have to look forward to the future, that God gave us people right now. And we're not alone, we're here together. And there's power available for us and resources to share, to help each other, to live along the way and responsibility to help other people know that. But I'm also grateful that even in the middle of it, that I can still pray and know that God hears me and that one day, no matter the worst circumstances, no matter what happens, the pain in my mind or my body or even in my finances or in my life, that whether or not they get fixed the way I think that they should in this life, I know that once I pass away, that all things will be made new. It's beautiful. It's wonderful. So live expectantly. I, so what would we do? Actively pray for each other. I want to see that. I want to see after service today, if someone needs prayer, go to a friend and say, would you pray for me? I, need, I just need prayer for this thing. And all you do, there's nothing fancy about it. If you want to put your hand on the shoulder, let's just let's pray. And then you just say, God, we come to you in Jesus because he's the one who can do it. So we ask that you would 
do this thing. Amen. And if your faith is there, that's what it takes. Actively pray for each other. I would also encourage you to seek out to pray for others. I did this as an experiment at work several years ago when I was working in the private sector. And one day I came to work with a notepad and everybody who came to my desk, I would you know, fix whatever they had a problem with. And then I would ask them, I'd say, hey, listen, before you go, is there anything I could pray for you about? And some of them were like, what? Like they thought it was weird. I said, I just, I'm just praying for people today. And most people would be like, even if they don't believe in God, they're like, yeah, sure, you can pray for me. By the end of the day, I had a whole sheet full of, just full of stuff, some stuff that was just heartbreaking, you know? But you know what happened? The next day I said, hey, I prayed for you. Thank you so much. And I started asking them how it went or what was you know, changing. Some things changed. And guess what? They started coming back to me for other prayers. If we seek out people and ask them if we can pray for them, what are we doing? We're taking that responsibility of God's kingdom and we're expanding it. We're taking the responsibility and we're saying, okay, God, I have access to your power. Not that I do it myself, but your spirit works in me. So I'm gonna talk to this person who doesn't know you. Ask them if I can pray for them. And now what happens is the hand of God touches them. And even though they might not fall to their knees right away and repent, a little seed was planted. The touch of God does not go unnoticed, I promise you. Seek out other people to pray for. And finally, let's comfort all while we wait for Jesus. Sometimes all that we can do is just say, I don't understand why it's not happening right now, but I'm with you. I love you. Jesus is coming. He's coming. He promised he's coming back. It's gonna get better. One day it's gonna get better. Just stand together. And that could be with a Christian or not. Just stand. Let's comfort people. Weep with those who weep. Mourn with those who mourn, Jesus said. Maybe even that moment is a moment that seeds get planted and people come to know who Jesus is because you would do something that other people wouldn't. Would you pray with me? I finish my messages sometimes with these two questions and I want to ask them to you and I would just ask that you would open your heart to hear from the Lord. The first one is this, is what is God saying to you today? What is God saying to you today? Is he, is he encouraging you to pray for other people? Is he, is he exhorting you to go seek out other people? Maybe he's, he's shed light on a, on a concept, this idea of healing or this newness or this new identity or even the kingdom of God that now you kind of understand why things happen and why they don't sometimes. I don't know, whatever it is that God is saying to you, just sit on that. Let it soak into your heart a little bit. Let it sink in, grab it. And now what are you gonna do about it? That's the other question. What are you gonna do about it? What steps can you take? Maybe it's actively praying for each other, saying, okay, God, I hear you, that I need to step out into that. You've given me authority to pray for people, so I'm going to do that. Maybe it's something that I just said, like maybe when I told you that I reached out to individuals to, to find coworkers that I could pray for, maybe God put something in your heart. Maybe he wants you to seek out others. Perhaps he's putting it in your heart to find a way to, to expand it a little bit, God's glory and his light into other people. Maybe in a different way, but maybe in a similar way. It's okay. That's not copyrighted. If you want to pray for people at work, just do it. Or perhaps it's comforting people. There's someone in your life maybe right now who, who you identify. You know what? There's somebody that I have not been there for, someone who's been going through something and I have not been there with them. They've been going through it alone because I was, for whatever reason, didn't sit with them. I didn't, I tried to fix it, but I didn't, I didn't help them. I didn't, I wasn't there with them in present. I don't know. Whatever it is for you, what are you going to do about it? Just tell the Lord. 
So right below your chairs, there's a, in your program, there's a piece of paper that, that you can write that down. I would encourage you to do that. We have a prayer wall in the back in the lobby that you can just write something down, whether it's a response, whether it's a question or a prayer or a poem or just some expression of whatever you want to say. I encourage you to write it down. There's pens below your seats. In your program, there's a little sheet of paper. Just write it down. And you can fold it up, and after service, just put it on the wall, the little cork board in the lobby, as a sign. It's nothing fancy. It's nothing like, you know, there's no formula to it. What we're just saying is, is it's a physical sign of God. I'm responding to what you've done in my life today. So we're just going to finish up. Aaron's going to just lead us in a, in a quick song, a quick chorus. And while we're doing that, just sing and worship and take a moment to respond to what God would say, and we'll just wrap up in just a moment. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. If you call Encounter Church Home or if you'd like to partner with us to support the work that God is doing here, you can take advantage of our online giving option. Just go to EncounterGiving.com. Also, stay up to date with us throughout the week by following us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at EncounterPGH. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.